I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John Cobell podcast on the iHeartRadio app. How's everybody doing? Welcome to the show. We're on from one till four. Then after four o'clock, we become a podcast. John Cobell show on demand, also on the iHeart app. Uh, we have so much to do today. It would uh, take me too long even to go through it. However, uh, the first thing I want to get to is uh, the Iowa caucuses. It was the first. Uh, First voting done for the 2024 election, uh, which is going to end up being Trump and Biden again, unless one or both of them drop dead. We're going to talk uh, again with Sherry Preston from Des Moines, ABC News, for KFI here. Sherry, how are you? Well, I'm still in Des Moines. Everybody else packed up and left for New Hampshire, but because of uh, travel while well, the blizzard days, I had to stay an extra day. So uh, that means I get to talk to you. Yes. Wow. I, I was I was in Iowa once. Um, not a whole lot to do there. Unless you well, were... I got to tell you, you know, it's really interesting. I was talking to one of our our, our ABC embeds, okay, and these are these are young uh, reporters who go out with the candidates, and and then they're with them, you know, a lot of the time. And we were talking today because I was interviewing them for this piece. And they said, you know, I got a different view of Iowa than I ever thought I would. Um, young person said, I am, I am black, I'm queer, I didn't think that I would uh, fit in here, and I've been here for seven months, and has, has grown to really appreciate how they do it in here in this state. You know what I mean? Like a real... Yeah. Totally no, they're very friendly people. Kind of point of view. Yeah. yeah. No, no, there's very yeah. friendly people. Now, as I think of it, I was there twice. 
So I must have liked oh, it the first okay. time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just kind of teasing. But uh, uh, it, it was a much uh, smaller turnout than they expected. And I, I thought that was going to be obvious because it was minus 30 with the wind chill and there'd been a lot of snow. And when they were hyping up this possible record turnout, I thought that, that isn't quite right because there really wasn't a lot of drama on who was going to win this. So I just didn't see that the... That the right uh, it, it, it was it was the right set of circumstances to create a record turnout. No, exactly, and and, and you you could tell when they started you know putting up the the weather forecast that it was not going to be the the number of people. But you know, and and that's another thing that people have an issue with the the caucuses and this being first. Um, that uh, you know you have three million people in this state alone, and a total of about one hundred and ten thousand of them determine this whole thing. And I was talking to a Drake University uh, professor about this just to, just before I got on the phone with you. And uh, she she teaches this Drake University here in Des Moines. And, you know, she said that uh, as people turn out for, for something like this, um, what they're what they're 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 very proud of how it how it works. You know what I mean? And they yeah. didn't they didn't they didn't ask for it. You know what I mean? But they really, really this process is fascinating to watch this. I was in a. Um, I was at a Baptist church north of Des Moines in a, in a suburb called Ankeny. It's actually one of the fastest-growing suburbs, um, fastest-growing metropolitan areas in, in all of Iowa. And I just kind of got there and, and was like, okay, I've never really seen this before. Um, I, you know, they, they had me set up on a little chair over on the side of the room. And I said, well, I kind of need a, a place to put my laptop and my microphone. And there was no table. And so I looked, uh, I, you know, I... It, <laughs> And I said, could I have that one? And it's got a Holy Bible sitting on it. And they said, yeah, I don't see why not. Go ahead. And so he <laughs> the Bible off, moved the table over for me. So I had a front row seat to actually watch how this was done. Yeah, they're very, very you friendly. I mean? They get up, they talk, yeah. Yeah, very and friendly. And then they, they write down the name, and then they, they passed around a little Tupperware bowl, and everybody put the names in there, and then they took them up to the front. And they all counted them right there with you there. It was it was it was it was really fascinating. Yeah, um, uh, they're very friendly, accommodating people. I know Los Angeles could uh, use more Iowans living here to kind of change the nature <laughs> of this place. But you know, having said all that, like uh, you know, it's one hundred and ten thousand people out of three million. So you're dealing with the yeah. inner core of political obsessives, and it's it's kind of funny how. You know, because the, the media has to fill their space and fill their time with something. It blows up into something of monumental proportion. But the Republican Party is its own entity. It doesn't represent the general public at large. It doesn't represent independents, Democrats and everybody else. Uh, it doesn't represent a lot of Republicans who didn't bother to show. So but this is what mm -hmm. the hardcore activist types, uh, the really devoted. This is who they want. Trump. Well, it's exactly. And if you look and the, the, the people that, that showed up yesterday, they yes, it was loud and clear what exactly they wanted. I mean, it was a it was a blowout. It was across the board. I mean, Trump won women. He won men. He won college educated. He won those without a four year degree, rural city, all of that. And, and, and now going into uh, New Hampshire with this giant lead that he really wanted to hit 50 percent, which he did. And the, and the, the numbers two and three, I mean, really, you know, they're they they're you know struggling for 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 a forty percent between them. So the two of them combined are still ten points 
below Donald Trump. So this is, you know, they say that Iowa doesn't really pick the winner, but it, it narrows down the field. That's true. But when you have somebody who's so dominant, you know, that's I think they just wanted to see how far ahead he would be. And I think even a lot of people were really surprised by just how absolutely well that he did. And it'll make a big difference because now you've got going forward. Okay, how long is Ron DeSantis going to stay in it? He's not pulling well at all. No. And he, people he there today he was down in. Yeah. in um, in South in South Carolina today. But, you know, and Nikki Haley, same thing. You yeah. know, like even if she does well, if she doesn't win first, if she doesn't come in first in New Hampshire, it's very hard for her to make a case, you know, for the for, for going forward. I mean, I'm well, curious to know how long they'll stay in. Um, well, they've been, after we have they've been campaigning in these well, states for months and months. You know, some of these primary states, yeah. you might campaign for five days, right? As you get deeper into the schedule, you just don't have the time in between, uh, you know, primary day each Tuesday. But this has been uh, open season probably for almost a year for some of these candidates. And if you haven't made an impression in a year, you're not going to make an impression there or anywhere else, most likely. Exactly. And that's another thing that makes Iowa unique, is that this is a state that they can come in that doesn't have a lot of big uh, media cities. You know what I mean? It's not mm. a Chicago, it's not an L.A. or New York. Um, you know, or, you know, or even like a big Kansas City or something. It's 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 very small, and you go to these events, and these candidates would be there, and you know, people would show up nine o'clock on a Sunday morning at a pizza smorgasbord uh, to hear Vivek Ramaswamy, and the place is packed. You know, because they have been to every single county. They go out in the middle of nowhere. They go out and you know at at, at bars in in Waterloo and and you know. Uh, a, like I said, a pizza joint in, in Oswego or Ames. Um, it's all across the state, and it's one place where, for these candidates, that face-to-face time, real, it's almost like a training ground. You know what right. I mean? It's almost like they're, they're going to college or something because they're learning how to do what it is they need to learn how to do. It's one thing to campaign in your state, if you're Nikki Haley or Florida or Ron DeSantis, but to meet these people face to face. And that's another thing that's interesting about Iowa. That's always been so important here in Iowa, that FaceTime. But Donald Trump had very little FaceTime here. He didn't do those pizza joint uh, meetings. He didn't do the let's go to the church and just uh, shake hands and stuff. No, he flew in. He had, you know, 30 appearances the whole time. And they were all big events because he, that's, he just didn't need to. I remember from one of the last times he ran, he never eats the awful local food, whatever the uh, special delicacy <laughs> is at the uh, fairgrounds. He doesn't touch that stuff. <laughs> no fried Oreos. For <laughs> exactly. No, not going to do it. <laughs> all right. Well, Sherry, thanks for coming on with us. Okay. Have a great afternoon and good luck. And we'll see you what happens in New Hampshire. Yeah. Sherry Preston. Uh, for KFI, ABC News uh, on yesterday's blowout win for Trump. Uh, we, we've got uh, a few more amusing things about the uh, caucuses yesterday in Iowa uh, coming up. Oh, and I should mention at 2 o'clock, we're going to have Nathan Hockman on. Nathan Hockman is running for L.A. County District Attorney. Uh, he's a former federal prosecutor and assistant U.S. Attorney General. And uh, he's one of the leading, he's considered one of the leading candidates and he was holding a press conference today at uh, the DA's office, Gascon's office, to protest the promotion that Tiffany Blacknell got as his chief of staff. Blacknell is a radical anti-police, anti-prison activist and now chief of staff for Gascon. And Hockman thinks that's uh, 
That's an atrocity. And we're going to talk to Nathan about that uh, right at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock. All right? Uh, it's the Johnny Cobelt Show. You're listening to John Cobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. So Trump wins big, big 51% of the vote in Iowa. And DeSantis got 21, Haley 19. They move on to New Hampshire. But it's, it's pretty clear uh, how this is going to end. I, it, I, I've had trouble following this the last few weeks and months because it's obvious what's going to happen. And I, I, I'm, I, to the extent that I'm paying attention, it's, I'm amused how relentlessly uh, reporters and anchors on television try to hype this and how writers in newspapers try to analyze it to death. There's nothing to hype and there's nothing to analyze. Uh, that uh, part of the world wants Trump to win. And uh, he's got the majority of them in agreement. And the ones in the Republican Party who don't want Trump to win, odds are most of them will vote for Trump in the end anyway. So it's, uh, you know, unless he dies or Biden dies, uh, those are the two guys uh, that are uh, that are obviously going to be the candidates. And boy, is there a lot of noise? Is there a lot of blown gas? Uh, just, well, I mean, they have jobs, right? You got to got to attract uh, audience. You got to sell the audience to advertisers. You got to put something on screen. You got to fill your the pages of your website or newspaper with some kind of print. Um, but there, re there really was no contest here. What also amuses me is um, what candidates say <laughs> the day before the vote and then the day after um, the in the morning. Vivek Ramaswamy was uh, bragging, we will shock the world tonight. I'm going to guarantee to stay in this race through November of this year when we win the election. Through January of next year when I'm inaugurated as your next president. And through January of 2033 when we leave that White House after two full terms. He said that yesterday morning. <laughs> Last night. I mean, we're talking maybe 12 hours later. There's no path for me to be the next president. <laughs> these people are really insane, aren't they? Sometimes I watch these debates and, and you know, everyone is so earnest. I mean, political geeks are so naive. And earnest, and they're such true believers. And I'm looking at it, it's like you know, these people are are insane. Most of these candidates, they're 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 narcissists. They're they're totally delusional in some cases. For example, I wouldn't even mention this guy. I mean, he is such a a pimple on an elephant's rear end. But I had a personal uh, interaction with him on the show. Many years ago, and he's always stuck in my craw for being just a complete buffoon. And it's Republican Asa Hutchinson. That, and we affectionately used to refer to him as Asa Hutchinson. He was the governor of uh, Arkansas. And boy, Arkansas votes for real winners. Uh, and old Asa eventually got a job in uh George W. Bush's administration, and he had something to do with immigration. And I believe it was when they were shipping illegal aliens here to California. Uh, and uh, a lot of the locals were upset and were protesting. 
And uh, Old Asa came on our show, and we had a rip-roaring time for about a half an hour because he was completely full of crap. He was just lying through his teeth. Uh, and the thing is, he never goes away. He keeps running for things. And um, so he, was, he ran for president this year. And he campaigned a lot in Iowa. And I can tell you this. I don't know where you are right now, but you came in only 191 votes behind Asa Hutchinson in Iowa. I say that because that's all the votes he got. He only got 191 and zero delegates. Um, his, his, his polling average was 0.07%, and it looks like he underperformed. In fact, he came in behind... Ryan Binkley. <laughs> now, this this guy, this guy, Hutchinson, you know, he was governor. I mean, he's governor just like Bill Clinton was in Arkansas, and he had a major position in the Bush administration. And um, Ryan Binkley was uh, is a, a, a businessman and a pastor. Um, <laughs> and this was his statement. My message of being a principled Republican with experience and telling the truth about the current frontrunner did not sell in Iowa. I stand by the campaign I ran. I answered every question. I sounded the warning to the GOP about the risks in 2024 and presented hope for our country's future. <laughs> so after sounding all these warnings, he, uh, he then congratulated Trump on his victory. <laughs> It it is it is it is mental illness. It is a delusional narcissism. I I don't know what the exact medical term for uh, insanity. That's what it is. It's a complete complete crazy person. Uh, so they're gonna they're gonna go on to New Hampshire, and it's gonna another be another week, most likely, of the same thing, where uh, there's gonna be uh, artificial hype. Oh, you know, maybe maybe Trump will be defeated. Oh, who's gonna come in second place? Oh, and same thing's gonna happen. And then the race will be effectively over. If it's not effectively over now, I guess we got to put up with this for another week. And then it's, uh, God, be the 1st of February, and you're going to have nine months of, of Biden and Trump in the news constantly. And uh, I don't know. I, that's its own form of insanity. But, hey, you know, this is what people want. So this is what we got. More coming up. Uh, and, uh, again, I have to uh, mention that we're going to have Nathan Hockman on, who's one of the leading candidates for L.A. County District Attorney. There's at least 10 of them. And we're going to try have, to have them all on between now and the uh, first Tuesday of March. Uh, he is uh, holding a press conference today outside George Gascon's office, uh, demanding that uh, the public defender who became his chief of staff, Tiffany Blacknell, be removed. Uh, he... Uh, Blacknell is is major trouble. She's anti-police. She's anti anti-prison. She's anti-prosecuting uh terrible criminals. Uh and this is Gascon's uh, right-hand woman. So we'll talk to Nathan coming up after uh, two o'clock. On the John Coba on the John Cobell uh -huh. show. I can't even say my own name anymore. Take two. Uh, Deborah Mark has the news. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM640. One of the things that we uh, return to uh, frequently is the uh, electric vehicle scam that's being perpetrated on us by uh, Gavin Newsom and uh, Joe Biden's government. This this forced idea of uh, we have to all buy electric cars. We won't be allowed to buy a gas-powered car in 2035. And this entire industry is wildly overhyped, frequently impractical, Uh Tesla, of course, is supposed to be the, uh, the the gold standard when it comes to uh, when it comes to electric vehicles, and it does perform much better. And they do have their own charging system, but uh, extremely cold weather, like they've had in the Midwest, where temperatures plunge below zero, uh, will uh, seize up uh, a lot of electric car batteries, no matter who made them. We've got a report here from NBC Chicago. The reporter is uh, Charlie Wojciechowski, I think. And uh, this is on what uh, the uh, freezing temperatures have done to the electric cars there. We're not here for three hours. For Rob Ross, the fancy Mach-E electric vehicle he's trying out has not been worth the trouble it's cost. Got the tow truck to bring me here this morning. I was at five people in front of me. Sat here, my 
my vehicle was like almost on empty, uh, no charge. We got people sitting in line right now who actually, they're charged, the EV is actually disabled because they can't even make it pull up to the, uh, pull up to the machine. And the charging stations at this Evergreen Park public charging port are full, so full, that some EVs ran out of juice before they could get to the machines. It's terrible. It's like I could be out there, be driving and everything in the cold, but instead I gotta wait. And it's a waiting game, it's a waiting game, it's a waiting game, and it's terrible. Gary and Rob are learning a hard lesson about EVs in the extreme cold. They just don't go as far as they usually do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and EVs that I've driven, I've seen anywhere from a 10% to a 30% drop, you know, depending on how cold it is. And the colder it gets, the worse that that drop is. Patrick Olson tests EVs and other cars as the editor-in-chief at Carfax.com. Even when I test them, you know, week in and week out, I have to think ahead about how far am I going to go um, and how much do I want to risk it. Making matters worse, EVs take longer to charge the colder it is outside. You have to come up here, wait two hours to get on the charger. They tell you the charges are fast. It takes two hours to charge your car. So here in this Evergreen Park parking lot with temperatures in the single digits, there are dozens of EVs sitting in the cold waiting for a chance to be charged. Rob Ross is reconsidering the idea of owning one. My conclusion is, uh, as far as the driving, everything is real nice, but not Chicago. Not Chicago. I couldn't do it. That's uh, NBC Chicago Charlie Watch host. I mean, I'm sitting here uh, giggling the entire time. This thing is a bust. Much of the country can't use use electric vehicles. I mean, what uh, Marcus said the story. You have to come up here, wait two hours to get to the charger. They tell you it's fast, but then it takes two hours to charge your car. And that's one of the fast chargers. So if you're going on, if you want to go out on a drive and you see that your uh, your electric charge is low. Well, if it's a gas-powered car, you go to a station, which is generally within a mile of your house. And it takes five, six minutes to fill up your tank. Full. You could fill a you know a half tank or a quarter tank probably in two minutes. But four hours? Hope you brought a food and water supply. And it's it's 17 degrees outside with a windshield below zero. And you're gonna spend four hours just because what? You wanted to drive to work? You wanted to go to the shopping mall? <laughs> and these poor saps who believed all this stupid hype and was intimidated by the government. The, yeah, I guess I'm just going to stand here for two hours and then wait two hours to charge. And then when you're done, it's still 17 degrees out, so you're still going to lose the charge very rapidly, and you're going to have to do it all over again very soon. I mean, that it, uh, in Norway, half the new cars are, uh, half of the new cars purchased are electric. And the Norwegian Automobile Federation found that EVs lose 20% of their driving range in the cold. And that can more than double if you had your car's heating system on full blast. I looked up Norway the other day because there was, there was a, a similar story. And the average temperature in Oslo, Norway, the average in January is 25 degrees, which means even the high temperature is barely out of the low 30s. So nearly all the day, it's at freezing or below, 
which means nearly all the day you're going to lose 20% of your driving range and then another 20% if you have the heat on. And if it's 25 degrees, you're going to have the heat on. So you've lost 40%. Then you have to stand in the line for, for two hours, and then you have to take two hours to charge it, even if you're at the fast station, because the chargers work really slowly in the cold, too. Here's another story. This was also out of Chicago, that Tesla supercharging stations have become what residents are calling Tesla graveyards. <laughs> This is Tesla, and they were supposedly the success at this. EV owners have spent days crowded around charging stations, hopelessly trying to power up their cars, temperatures as low as minus five, and left with no option but to hire a flatbed truck to bring their vehicles home. Uh <laughs> By the way, this, this, this cold snap is going to be going on all week uh, up in the Midwest and the Northeast. Um, so the, it drains the batteries twice as fast, and it kills their ability to generate power if you have regenerative braking. And then it slows the charging process. Uh, if you're at minus five, an electric car will have less than 50% of its full range. Uh Sometimes the charging is not possible at all. And the number of EVs in Chicago and the difficulty the owners were having caused these long lines to build up at the supercharging stations. And then the cars started dying while the owners were raiding in line. And so it created this, this Tesla graveyard. <laughs> Here's one guy. Named Tyler Beard. He was at a Tesla charging station at a, at a Chicago suburb. And um, he started charging his Tesla on Sunday afternoon. Nothing. No juice. Still on 0%. And this is like three hours out here after being out here eight hours yesterday. So the guy has spent 11 hours in the freezing cold <laughs> trying to charge his Tesla. <laughs> no, thank you. If you're headed to any of these electric vehicle dealerships right now, turn around, go home. Uh, this is crazy. It's a disaster. Seriously, said another owner, uh, Chalice Mizell. Very frustrating, said another one. I want Elon Musk to do something about this. <laughs> Some Tesla owners even found they were unable to open their doors because of the freezing temperature. Uh, door handle mechanisms didn't work. This is crazy. Uh, I mean, this is flat out not going to work at a certain latitude in this country. I mean, there, there's a lot of states right now getting getting freezing temperatures because this storm came in from the Arctic with a cold front, and it, it's dropped temperatures really low uh, all the way into the south. Even Texas, they were expecting freezing temperatures. Uh, I know even in Florida, the temperature is supposed to be down in the low 40s uh, tonight. So... This, this is a bust, but don't worry. You're going to hear Gavin Newsom still promoting this stuff. There's plenty of cold temperatures up in Northern California. You're still going to hear uh, uh, Northeastern governors promoting this crap and Biden as well. More coming up. John Cobalt showed. 
You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4. And then after 4 o'clock, uh, it's the John Kobelt on demand podcast. And uh, we've got a lot of good stuff uh, coming up in the uh, right after the 2 o'clock news with Deborah. Uh, Nathan Hockman's going to come on, one of the leading candidates for L.A. County District Attorney. He's a former federal prosecutor and assistant U.S. Attorney General. And he is having a press conference basically saying, why the hell is public, why is Tiffany Blacknell Gascon's chief of staff? Because she's not only a public defender, strike one, she's anti-police, strike two. She's anti-cop, strike three. Anti-prosecuting criminals, that's strike four. She should be uh, thrown out of the game and ejected from the stadium here, all right? You can't have her as the chief of staff for our idiot whack job uh, district attorney. So Nathan Hockman, well, he's he wouldn't say that. I'm saying that. That's how I feel. Shouldn't mischaracterize. Nathan uh, speaks uh, far more formally than I do on the matter. Uh, so, that, so that's coming up. Uh, if you've been uh, tracking these Israeli protests... Boy, they hit a new low uh, on uh, Monday, yesterday. Uh, thousands gathered in Manhattan uh, demanding a ceasefire because, you know, only only terrorists are supposed to be firing weapons at innocent people, right? Uh, only, only terrorists should have free reign. God forbid anybody fights back against terrorists. You know, these, this is a pro-Hamas crowd. But get, get, guess where they went for their protest? They didn't go to, uh, you know, a federal office building or one of the local senators or congressmen who support Israel. No, they went to the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center to yell at cancer patients on the Upper East Side. I mean, this is a new low. Do they think they're getting any converts? When you start screaming at cancer patients, like, who's, who are you winning over? Then they went after a Starbucks and a McDonald's and accused, accused the workers there of making meals for genocide. I don't know how that tracks. <laughs> you see that? One of those, one of those uh, baristas <laughs> is making some complicated coffee mix. And you have these crazed uh, Palestinians, uh, Palestinian supporters screaming about genocide. Maybe Make they're robots. <laughs> You know what? They probably were screaming at the robots. <laughs> uh, but back to uh, the Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. Somebody in the crowd beating a drum. There's always some moron with a drum. Why don't they bang their empty skulls? It would make the same sound. So this guy's beating a drum and people chanted MSK. That's Memorial Sloan Kettering. MSK, shame on you. You support genocide too. Um, they also, uh, the, the name of the protest was flood Manhattan for a Gaza MLK day March for healthcare. Um, and people just were shouting shame, shame. There was a scuffle. One protester thrown to the ground, uh, by cops. Oh, good. I hope they drop them on their heads. I really do. And the protesters, of course, are demanding the cops' names. And I'm sure they were holding out their phones. This is just, this is a, uh, a mental disorder. You know, I've got I've to find this article. I found it a couple of months ago, and I always meant to talk about it. Just never had a chance or forgot about it. But there is, um, 
uh, Christopher Rufo, who's who's an activist, he wrote a piece on cluster B. Cluster B is like a syndrome of certain personality traits, and you see them in public protesters. You know, they're wild-eyed, they're crazy, they're self-important, they're narcissistic, they're uh, uh, delusional, they're emotionally unbalanced. And if you go through the list of the cluster B symptoms, they match symptom for symptom what you're seeing with your own eyes when you see these protesters screaming. And so what you're watching is not a protest about an issue, right? You're not obviously not watch, watching a rational discussion. What you're watching is somebody having some kind of seizure. They've got a mental disorder and they can no longer control their impulses or their feelings or whatever's powering them to do this. And so you're seeing like someone who maybe has, uh, I don't know, an epileptic fit. You're seeing somebody who has, has, is afflicted with um, a, a disorder that they can't control. And we probably just should pity them or, or get them treatment or lock them up. And because normal, the, the only way to stop whatever there is to stop uh, in Israel is uh, for somebody to uh, call Hamas up, the Hamas leaders, and say, why don't you surrender completely? Everybody, uh, just turn over all your weapons, give up all the hostages, inform the Israelis of all the locations where you have all your men stashed. All the leaders should, uh, should surrender and turn themselves over. And then the retaliation will cease. That's how you stop it. But screaming at cancer patients or baristas at Starbucks or the burger flipper at McDonald's, isn't that by definition, obviously, somebody with a mental disorder? I mean, can you, can you imagine whatever political issue you're angry with in life? You know, we've all got our list. But if you decide, you know what, I'm going to take action. I'm going to do something. You know, I go drive by that McDonald's every day, and I know they're making burgers there, and I know they're shaking the fry basket, and they got that milk milkshake machine going, and I'm just going to go in there and yell at them about the genocide. I... <laughs> and you know what? That cancer hospital. Those, can't, those little kids suffering from cancer who are getting the chemotherapy treatments and they've had their brain tumors removed and they've lost their hair. I'm going to yell at them because they could stop the, the Israelis if they wanted to. And these are truly mental patients and they ought to be a van. There ought to be guys with white coats and nets and take them all into padded rooms. That, that would be the appropriate response here. All right, we got more coming up. And uh, after two o'clock, as I said, Nathan Hockman, who's uh, one of the leading candidates for district attorney, and he's got a press conference going on today. He's demanding that George Gascon get rid of Tiffany Blacknell as his chief of staff. Blacknell, anti-police, anti-prison, pro-criminal, a real dangerous activist, probably another cluster B candidate like the uh, the uh, anti-Israeli protesters uh, screaming at the cancer patients. Probably, I'm sure the same ilk. Deborah Mark Live in the KFI 24-Hour Newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 